Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning. We post it at the regular time for our regular Sunday morning Bible classes, or as many people call them, Sunday school classes. Each Sunday morning, we get together at 9.30, and we have Bible classes. Well, we know that there are many people in the Omaha area who want to study God's Word, but for whatever reason, they can't be with us in person during that time. And so we want to be able to get God's word to them. But we know that there are also many people in other parts of the country who obviously can't be with us, and also many people in other parts of the world who want to be in God's word. They want to learn it more thoroughly, and they want to learn it accurately. But they can't be with us because they live in other places. Well, so we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's word on such a widespread basis all over the world, wherever the internet is available, through the medium of the internet, and also by means of these podcasts. So we're thankful that you're there and that you're wanting to study, you're wanting to learn God's word more fully and more accurately. And we pray that as you do that, that your faith is growing stronger and that you're coming closer to God. And we'd like to be able to help you along that line by continuing to teach you, but also we want to offer you something more than just that. We encourage you to go to our website, if you have not already done so, and sign up for our podcasting. Click on the podcast button, churchofchrist.com. That's our email, uh, that's our website address, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free, and it will always be free. We're not after people's wallets, but we want to help people get to heaven. Now, when you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or whatever other smart device you choose, you will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and you will also receive a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures. And besides all of that, you will receive a seven-day-a-week short only about a 13-minute Bible study each day, only about 13 minutes each day, but it's a Bible study every single day, gets you into God's Word. And when the more you get into God's Word, the stronger your faith should become, the stronger your faith should stay as well, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And as you're in God's Word every day, then you can stay more focused on your relationship with God and upon your soul's salvation. And since faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17, your faith should be growing. Now, we encourage you always to help people you know get into God's word, grow in their faith, start thinking about their soul's salvation by sharing these studies with them yourself through Facebook friends, text messages, telling them about our, our podcasting at churchofchrist.com, but share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Think what a blessing it would be for somebody to get to heaven, ultimately because you got them into God's word. But you know, that would also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. Now, if you are listening in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Study God's word with us in person. Worship God with us 
in person, grow spiritually with us. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together for another period of Bible study and worship at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And on Wednesday evenings, we come back together for Wednesday night Bible classes at 6.30 every Wednesday evening. You're always welcome. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study in the book of Deuteronomy. We have been moving through, and when you stop and think about how far we've come already, we've really covered a lot of ground, beginning with Genesis chapter 1, studying all the way through the book of Genesis, all the way through the book of Exodus, all the way through the book of Numbers, all the way through the book of Leviticus, and here we are about to begin chapter 10 of Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Old Testament, called commonly the Pentateuch, and understood to be written primarily by Moses himself, guided by God to write what he wrote so that it would be God's very word. Now, in Deuteronomy, as we said, Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage to Mount Sinai, where God has given them the basic law that he wanted them to live under until the coming of the Savior, Jesus Christ, And initially, on Mount Sinai, he gave them the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. And then for a period of 40 years, because the people's faith was too weak to trust God to give them the victories over the inhabitants of the promised land, they didn't believe that they could take that land. And so God punished them by causing them to wander in the wilderness for a period of 40 years so that the entire adult generations from 20 years old and up would die off and their children would grow up stronger in faith and God would give them the land. Well, okay, so those 40 years have already already gone by and Moses has the people there on the border, if you would, of the promised land on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. And he's ready to give them, to tell them, okay, go for it. But before he does, Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, is Moses reminding the people where they have come from and what they have gone through. And he's reminding them of both the good and the bad, because there was a lot of bad because of their weak faith. They continued to rebel against God, continued to not trust God fully. And so in chapters 9 and 10 here, he is reminding them about some of their rebelliousness during those 40 years in the wilderness. Well, yeah, during even before those 40 years in the wilderness. He's reminding them, let me me remind you what you did. Now, of course, these adults now would have been the children, for the most part, of the adults that exhibited that bad behavior before God, that lack of faith that rebelliousness against God. But Moses is still reminding them, this is what your people, where you've come from, what you've gone through, what their behavior had been. And he's warning them, don't let that happen again. God punished that generation by causing them to die off in the wilderness over a period of 40 years. God is ready to give you now this land that he promised to you through your forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. 
Now, take this land. Stay faithful to God. Do not enter into any kinds of associations with the people who are living there now because they're idol worshipers. They don't believe in God. You drive them out or destroy them in battle, but don't enter into any kind of relationships with them, and especially not marriage, because they will turn your heads away from God and to their idols. You know, that's a principle that we need to take to heart today in our lives. We need to be careful whom, with whom we associate, who we claim to be good friends, because we need to ask ourselves, is this a relationship that's going to help me get to heaven? Or is this a relationship that might influence me to become weaker in my dedication to God and thereby might put me in jeopardy of ending up in hell instead of in heaven? We need to ask ourselves that. The, second, or the sixth chapter of Paul's second Corinthians letter, the last several verses of that chapter talk about that very point. And he said, you know, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. And you'll be my people and I will be your God and I'll be with you. But he says, don't, don't have any relationships with unbelievers or ungodly people or even false teachers that who through those relationships might lead you away from God or weaken your faith. We need to pay attention. Well, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Now in chapter 9, he's, he's talked about, Moses has reminded them about some of the rebelliousness. He reminded them that when he first led them, God guiding him to lead them to Mount Sinai after they had crossed on dry land through the Red Sea and God had destroyed the pursuing Egyptian army behind them, God gave Moses the two tablets. I think we're to understand the Ten Commandments. And Moses was up on Mount Sinai receiving that law from God for a period of 40 days and nights. And then he comes down from the mountain. God tells him, get on back to the camp because the people have become rebellious. Well, because Moses was gone for 40 days, they hadn't seen him for 40 days. Now think about that. That's not that long. They were losing faith. They were become weak in their faith. They didn't see their leader in physical form before them. And so they thought maybe he was dead. So they turn back to the ways that they had been associated with back in Egypt. And that was the worship of idols. So they persuaded Aaron, Moses' brother, to manufacture a golden calf for them. And when he did that, they, they claimed that that was their God. And so they were worshiping their God. And God told Moses, get back down there. Rebellious people. Many were destroyed by God as a result. And Moses reminds them of what they had gone through, and he's warning them by way of that reminder. Now, that was your forefathers. That was your parents and grandparents. Don't you fall into that same practice. Now, here in chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, at that time the Lord said to me, 
hew for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and come down to me, uh, or come up to me on the mountain, and make yourself an ark of wood. Now, when God sent Moses down with that first set of tablets with the Ten Commandments, Moses broke them up after he saw what the people were doing. He ground that golden calf into a fine dust and put it in the water and made them drink it. Now, Moses is reminding them, so God wanted me to come back up into the mountain. He was going to give me two more tablets of, 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 of uh, his law. And I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke, and you shall put them in the ark. The ark, a lot of people would like to know, what did the ark look like? You know, there's have been all kinds of, of uh, you know, redesigns, at least in writing, in picture form, in, you know, trying to make a visual kind of picture of what, how, how the ark was described in the scriptures. We're talking about the ark of the covenant. So God tells Moses this time, make an ark, hew it out of wood, and I want you to put these two tablets with the Ten Commandments the same words that I wrote on the first ark, on the first set of tablets, I want you to put them in the ark. That was going to be a reminder for the people that God's law was right there among them. They were not to worship the ark, they were to worship God. But the ark would be a symbol of God's presence. Verse 3, so I made an ark of acacia wood, hewed two stones, uh, two tablets of stone like the first, and went up the mountain having the two tablets in my hand. And he wrote on the tablets according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord had spoken to you in the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made, and there they are, just as the Lord commanded me. And Moses reminding them, now by this time, 40 years wandering around in the wilderness, they were carrying the ark with them all the way. The people, they were familiar with the presence of the ark of the covenant in their camp. And so Moses said, I put those two tablets with the Ten Commandments on them in the ark, and there they are still today. Then I turned and came down from the mountain, put the tablets in the ark, which I had made, and there they are, just as the Lord commanded me. Now the children of Israel journeyed from the wells of Benejakan to Masera, where Aaron died, and where he was buried, and Eliezer, his son, ministered as priest in his stead. And so before they ever got to the border of the promised land here, as Moses is addressing them at this time, Aaron, Moses' brother, who was appointed as the first high priest of Israel, he, he had already died physically. Now, God was not going to let Moses or Aaron to actually set foot in the promised land as judgment against them because of their, well, their arrogance at one point in the wilderness where they claimed to have the power to bring forth water miraculously from a rock when the people needed water. Well, God told them to call for that water by word, but they decided they would strike the rock. Moses would strike the rock with his staff. Now, God gave the water, 
But he told them at that point, you're not going to enter the promised land because you took the glory for yourself. You disobeyed me. So Moses has already died. I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron has already died. But now Moses has led them up to the border, but God will not allow him to go into the, into the promised land himself. He'll take him up on a mountain so he can look into the promised land and, and see its beauty and glory. But he won't be able to go in himself, and God will take Moses' life and bury him somewhere God only knew. Getting a little bit ahead there, but I'm just kind of you know paving the way for you. So, verse 6, now the children of Israel, again, journeyed from the wells of Bene-Jachan to Maserah, where Aaron died, and where he was buried, and Eliezer, his son, ministered as priest in his stead. From there, they journeyed to Good, uh, to, to Good Goda, and from Good Goda to Jatbathand, a land of rivers of water. At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, to bless his name to this day. And so God designated the tribe of Levi among the Israelites to be the priestly tribe. Okay, They would, they would be the ones, the servants, who would serve God through the tabernacle and, and all, of, all that went along with that. And they would be that priestly tribe for the rest of the history of Israel until the Lord came, Jesus Christ. So, verse 9, Therefore Levi has no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God promised him. And so when it came time for the land to be divided up, among the different tribes, Levi was going to be designated in a special way. They were going to be blessed in a special way. And so Levi has no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance. The people would take care of the Levites through their offerings. In verse 10, at the first time, I stayed in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, Moses says, reminding the people. The Lord also heard me at that time, and the Lord chose not to destroy you. Again, remember that, that Moses reminded them back in chapter 9 that God, God said he would destroy all the people of Israel and begin again to raise up a new people from the seed of Moses. But Moses said, I prayed to God. He even says, I prostrated myself on the ground. In other words, laid down, face down on the ground and prayed to the Father. Please don't destroy all the people. You know, and God relented. God said, okay, but they're not going to enter into my land, into the land that I promised them. They're going to, that adult, those adult generations are going to die off in the wilderness. So Moses is reminding them again of what had transpired over the past 40 years. So at the first time, I stayed in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord also heard me at that time, and the Lord chose not to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, begin your journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him 
to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Interesting. That's what Jesus said is the first commandment. When he was asked, what is the great commandment, the first and great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Matthew chapter 22. Well, Moses is saying that very thing, basically, here in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12. And to keep the commandments which the Lord, uh, the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Now, let me bring out a couple things here. That particular instruction to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, that still is how we need to be determined in our minds to live before God today. But so many people, they, they've, they're not doing that. Now, some will talk a good game, but they're not doing it. They'll talk about how much they love God, but, but they're not living in such a way that they are exhibiting that they really love God. And they're certainly not, not serving him, loving him. Would, you know, serving would go with loving him with all their heart, mind, and soul. In fact, they're living in ways that are contradictory to his teachings. They're living in sin. And, and notice again here, therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Now the sign of the covenant, the physical sign of the covenant between God and Israel was that the males were to be circumcised on the eighth day of their, of their life. Well, but that was a physical circumcision. Moses is telling them, you need to be circumcised of your heart. Your heart needs to be circumcised. You need to not just talk a good talk. You need to walk the walk. You need to live a lifestyle that demonstrates that you truly are a separated people, that you truly are the people of God. And so that's what he means by you need to be circumcised in your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. They needed to surrender their lives to God in service and dedication and faithfulness. And we, do need, we need to do that ourselves today. Verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. There are no other gods except God no other Lord except God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. God is not, God is not prejudice. He wants all to be saved, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. He doesn't want any to be lost, but he's not going to save us in spite of our, in spite of our unfaithfulness and ungodly lifestyles. We must come to him in repentance and obedience through Jesus Christ. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, 
for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise and he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Well, think about that. When Jacob, when Joseph brought Jacob, his father, and, his, and all of his brothers and all of their households to the land of Egypt, and Pharaoh granted them the land of Goshen within Egypt, the best of the land for their flocks and herds, for them to live, that was 70 people or so. And Moses says, now look at you in number, in multitude. And as as I've said over and over in this particular study, by the time God sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, they probably numbered in somewhere from one to three million people. And so Moses says, look at you now. Look at you now, like the stars of heaven in multitude. My, my. God is the great God, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, and he is the source of true love. We'll pick up with chapter 11 next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us about our need to be faithful to you through having recorded for us in your word the mistakes of so many in the past who had become unfaithful to you. But at the same time, understanding those mistakes helps us to recognize the blessings that you hold for us through our continued and consistent faithfulness to you, Father. Help us to help others. And you work in other people's lives, we pray, Father to help them see this truth for their lives as well. Please, Father, we pray at this time. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.